0: As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back?
1: Hi. <laughs> Hi. Can you even imagine we're doing it. Um I it's so good to see you. Um likewise. I haven't seen you in 100 years. I know. I'm glad it's finally happening. This yeah. is I have listened to episodes of the pod Thanks. and I enjoy it. Great. Um and so I'm excited. I love the notion that one is confident.
0: That's a great start. <laughs> I love that idea so yes. much. <laughs> um we I'll, I'll never forget so we went to the same like acting studio but not at the same time and okay. it was we went both but uh, both went to Annie's um oh. Annie Grinlay. and mm-hmm. I will I was still in her class when you got SNL and she was just like <gasps> I, you know, like, I'm so proud of her. She <laughs> came in here all the time. And like, to the other students, she was like, you all need to take a note. Like, you do what ego does and da, 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 And I was like, oh my oh, God, this is so Annie. funny. Um, someone texted DM me the other day, who I do know and
1: is an actor and was like, or like, this is months ago now. It was like, Annie's telling everyone that she taught you everything you know.
0: <laughs> she is, <laughs> but like, in a way that was very funny. Like in a way that yeah. she was almost like, in on the joke kind of being like it was, it's all me baby type of thing
1: i i, I absolutely fucking adore annie grinley mm-hmm. and
0: this is like my
1: very first opportunity to publicly say as much because i i was just driving the other day and i was like oh i can't wait to like win an award and thank her someday because yeah. truly she didn't like so i had an acting class i, I majored in um biology in college which ugh, whatever um yeah. and then i took a theater class my sophomore year absolutely hated it Because also I felt like the teacher didn't like me. Um, And I still look back and then I'm like, yeah, you didn't. But I also just didn't like the class. Um, And then my senior year of college, I started an acting class. And this is so funny to think is the teacher I started with was like a comedy guru, supposedly. But like, I didn't know comedy was an option for acting. Like whenever I thought of acting, again, because there was no model before me Mm -hmm. in my life or in my family, I was like acting is drama. Um, and so I was in an acting class with a teacher who was known for comedy and like had comedy books that were popular, but I was taking drama classes at his studio. Um, my So that was my senior year of college. And that was like in LA, that was in a campus class. Yeah. And then like a few years of that, getting close to my classmates, I was just like, I don't want to be in this class anymore because it's kind of not nice. And I went to um, audit Annie's and she, in the audit was like, I'm not one of those teachers who's like going to yell at you because I kind of think like you have, if that's the case, that's happening in a class with a teacher, like they have other shit going on in their lives and it's, you're not the problem. And there's really no reason for me to be yelling at you. And I was immediately like, okay, we love her. And then like, and then truly she did teach me as far as acting goes. I do feel she taught me everything I know as far as acting goes. I did UCB as you know, so I yep. think that's where a lot of my comedy comes from. but like she did teach me everything I know in terms of acting. So I will give Annie Grinlay that, and everyone should take her class. So.
0: Uh, yeah, she is incredible. I love her. She's also like really fucking funny and like fun yes. to be in a class with, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Are you so, still in her class? No, I haven't gone okay. in like a while, like yeah. years at this point, but if I ever yeah. like, Want to go back to do a class? It would for sure be hers because I've taken so I've taken a ton in LA and yeah, acting teachers in LA can be absolutely psychotic,
1: crazy, like cult like. Honestly, some of them are like basically cult leaders. Some of them, I just remember it's so funny that acting class, my very first one, um, in LA, that teacher, kind of a little guru. I, uh, I remember him one being kind of mean, but then also being like. Some of you in this class are only going to be writers, and but and it was fully just being like you're not good. And I fully did think he was talking about me, um, and not because I I I feel like my intuition's pretty good. I was like, I feel like you're talking about me. And then he like had his clear favorites in class, and it's funny because I'm like, I don't know what the favorites are doing anymore. I don't think sure. they're even in entertainment, and I think that's fascinating because like that's, you should be nice to everybody.
0: You <laughs> should because- absolutely be nice. <laughs> I got kicked out of an acting studio in LA. What? Uh, Wait, why? Wait, For not even, I, I won't say the name. Okay. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you sound like a, a middle school kid. <laughs> Come home. I didn't even do anything. <laughs> okay. No. So it was like a program where at the end of it, you like graduate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this was a really long time ago. I like couldn't afford that. Like you have to pay mm-hmm. for like the fucking cap and gown and like wherever they have it or whatever. And I was like, Oh, like I can't afford it. Uh, and they're like, Oh, you can be put on like a payment plan or whatever. And I was like, no, I like, I can't afford it. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, if you understand, like, it's not going to be helpful to be on a payment plan. Like I don't have that money. And they got really mad at that. And they kicked me out because they didn't want me forming. Essentially. They said they didn't want me forming like a rebellion or like an uprising against them and telling other students like what happened and And it was like a month or something before I like completed the program and eventually they called me and they were like we can let you we'll let you finish we'll let you do the rest of your classes but you have to do it in privates because we don't trust you with other students what (laughs) we don't trust what and trust me with other students and I was like you're fucking nuts and I'll never forget I wish I saw the voicemail the one of the people like called and left the craziest voicemail and was like uh Halle Berry would never do this to me and we're friends (laughs) and like stuff like that and I'm just like oh my god truly psycho oh wait were you scared
1: at the time though too because I feel like when you first get to LA you're like this manager knows everyone is going to tell everyone I'm a piece of shit or this casting director knows everyone is going to
0: yeah, that's a thousand terrifying. percent. A thousand Damn. percent. I was like, Well, I'm never gonna work in this town again. Um, oh my
1: gosh, I yeah. hate that for you. I wish you had that voicemail. And I honestly I we're being so sweet right now because I'm not outing the one teacher. You're not outing the studio. I'm like, look at us, we're good, good people. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can <laughs> maybe we're too good. Some might say yeah. too good. <laughs> um, okay. Well, usually the first question that I ask uh is is there a instance in your life, a low point, a challenge? Um, that you're most proud of overcoming Um, this could be like as a kid as a teenager as an adult this could be yesterday it can be anything you want
1: queen okay so the one like I feel like when you first hit me up about the podcast and I and I've listened to it I was like I've listened to friends on it and I'm like oh how would I answer that question I have an answer that I would have said then when I first heard the podcast, Mm. I feel like that answer has shifted, but I want to share both. So um, my, in 2018, I had, um, it was top of 2018. I was like, 18 is my favorite number. Um, I had been like, this is going to be an amazing year. I am turning 30. It's going to be so good. Everything's going to work out. I'm finally going to book a pilot. I had been in LA at that point pursuing acting for nine years I've been in LA for longer than that but per actually in acting class and such for nine years I was like it's time things these things usually take 10 or so years I'm seeing it happen sooner for friends it's my time mm-hmm. I've always been cheering everyone on waiting my turn truly never feeling jealous and just like like what's meant for me is meant for me and just living in that Um, prior to this the year before I had been like dating someone who was like kind of mean to me and was what I thought was successful in terms of acting and I remember at one point having the awareness and asking this question like quite shamefully as that was coming to an end because I wanted it to end um, and it was so brief but this this dating experience had such an impact on me but I remember being like well is he mean to me because I'm not as successful as he and his friends are and as I'm asking this question and I had to, and I, I had that internally but I said it out loud to a friend because I feel i a big believer in like being vulnerable and sharing those sorts of things and I knew that question and like the premise of that question was wrong um but I also was like I need to just say it out loud and just acknowledge that that's something that has crossed my mind concerning this whatever that's 2017 we're getting to 2018 well over this whole situation um but I was in the back of my mind like uh, partially like I'll show him I can book a job too I can I can be yeah. a working actor too um And in March, which is my birth month, I, the week of my birthday, I had this 30th birthday party planned. It was a black tie event on a Saturday, but that week I pitched, I had a one woman show I had done in December, 2017, and it was on a run. My manager at the time was like, let's go out and pitch this as a TV show. And I was like, feels too soon, but okay, cool. I, I like this belief in me. So that week of my birthday in March, we are out pitching this show that I'm like, this thing could really sell. And I uh, was testing for a pilot that I had understood they had really found, had a hard time finding someone for my role. And so I was the first person they wanted to test after like, I felt like they had auditioned everyone in LA for this role. So I was like, I think I'm going to book this role and then I'm going to sell a show and then I'm going to have my black tie birthday party on Saturday. I'm turning 30. This is great. By 30, because I also had this thought, you know, unrelated to situations in 2017 and dating, where I was like, by 30, I've got to book my job or I need to like go do something else. And so I was like, it's all working out. This is crazy how it's all working out. And I pitched the show to like four places uh, and two we hadn't heard from. And it was like, okay, maybe something will happen. I'd never pitched before to know that like, they could tell you in the room. They could tell you as soon as you leave the room. There's been some days and I was like, if they were gonna say no, they would have said no by now. I test for this pilot. But the night before I found out, my really good friend who works so much uh, was also testing for this pilot. And I was like, oh, they found you to because they had to find someone to test against me and they found her and she's a brilliant actor. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you also have the resume to boot, mm-hmm. and I do not. And so I go out, pitch the show. We're waiting to hear back. I think on Friday before my birthday, I, te- I have my test for this pilot. My friend is testing and I find out like hours later I did not get that pilot and I'm like okay blow and then like a couple hours after that like also everyone's passing on your show and then I have this birthday party the next day oh my god I I fully fully was like and I've been like since I was 25 being like I can't wait to turn 30 I just can't wait I feel like there's gonna be a stability and like (laughs) I can't wait to get away from all the like bad decisions I've made in my 20s and I'm also a person who's notoriously hard on herself And so even like my bad decisions are just like barely bad. And honestly, just like a person, like a person kind of living, like not even that interesting. And so I was like, this is horrible. I've been saying for like five years, I can't wait to turn 30. This week went from like crazy high and it's going to end on a high. Um, Everything's going to work out to like, oh my gosh, nothing's working out. And oh my goodness, the venue I booked for my birthday is largely outdoors and it's torrentially raining tomorrow in LA so (laughs) I was like oh my god happening this is a sign oh no oh no and I basically went into what I call the great depression of 2018 I was never diagnosed but I mean I was pretty low and I fully was like oh I need to just go do something else I want to go do something else for work I can't believe I've lived here for this long the city has been such a struggle for me even to like find the community of people that I felt connected to and safe with Um, I felt like I like really fought for a life in LA. And so I was really low at that point. My friend booked the job. I was like, of course you did. You are wonderful. And I'm not good enough. And Mm -hmm. I don't like, this is crazy. And I've never been, I really had jealousy and comparison, not really my bag. I I did not something I'd really dealt with at the time, frankly, because I was raised in a way that was like, I was never allowed to compare myself to anyone. Even if I was like, well, so-and-so has this going on. My family would be like, and what does that have to do with you? And I'm like, well, no, it's not like it has anything to do with me, but it's just like, I'm just saying, and they're like, again, what does that have to do with you? So pretty like hammered over the head of like not comparing. And I really am a person of faith and felt like what's meant for me just simply won't miss me. It's going to be reserved for me. But girl, I I was low, 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 low. Um, and so I went to my, I, I remember with the birthday party, I remember calling a friend and being like, hey, so- I don't think I want to go to this party tomorrow. I was like, the venue's Mm -hmm. there. The food is coming. The drinks will be there. You guys should all enjoy And everyone, You have to go to your birthday. And I really, I really wouldn't, I didn't want to. And I was like, God, I'm going to go. And so what I did do is when I went and like, at one point it was like speech from the birthday girl. I was like, guys, I'm so happy to see you all here. This is like a rush of dopamine. I will say your girl is depressed (laughs) so it's like this moment on the mic and someone like the next day was like you got on the mic so many times and kept being like I'm not okay but I'm so happy to see all of you (laughs) and like I don't remember it that way and not because I was like so trash I just remember thinking like I want to be honest because I know that this all looks so fabulous this looks so wonderful and this is such a celebratory moment but authenticity is so important to me (sighs) to a detriment which I know it rubs my authenticity I think can rub some people wrong but like me it's so. so too.
0: I bet you and I have that in common we've forgotten to talk about it but it yeah does. I mean as you're talking I'm like uh-huh yep yep uh-huh. yep.
1: and I was just like I know this looks fucking fabulous I have this black tie birthday party the security outside we do hate the torrential rain pour right now but look at all these people show up for me this is so lovely and it's like a turn up and it's it was so it's what I dream- dreamt of with the exception of the rain and the not booking the jobs and the not selling the show, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this, but I'm also gonna get on this microphone and tell y'all the truth. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not happy right now. So, the Monday after that birthday party, like, struggled to get out of bed, honestly. And somebody had a birthday gift. Someone who couldn't come to the party was they have a birthday gift for, you and they came, and we were kind of commiserating. It's like, oh my god, you're going through this thing too to- professionally. And he was in a situation where he tested for a job. they made him test seven times and still didn't give it to him. And so God, it's such a fuck with your worth. And Mm -hmm. I just, I like, man, I got so low, Rebecca. I I fully was just like, I need to go do something else. And I remember when I didn't get this job. I mean, this is not, this is so not me. I so didn't recognize myself in this moment. But I remember when I didn't get it, um, my sister came over, my friend Nikki, God bless her, came over like, like immediately and my friend damien at the time um he came over as well and he they were like i remember saying to my sister on the phone i was like i'm not good enough for a job i'm not good enough for a man i'm not good enough like and i mean that i don't recognize that person i would never have guessed i'd say any of that but i'm like that's down there somewhere i'm feeling this um and this is exacerbated by this moment of all these things that didn't pan out the way i was hoping like not fucking one um and I had Dave's hot chicken was supposed to do chicken for my birthday. Cause that was the whole joke of it. Like, we're going to wear black tie. We're going to have Nashville hot chicken surprise. Yeah. And then like, th- they were like, sorry, we can't do it. We're not equipped to like do a party. And I was asking them to stretch in a way, but I'm like, and you're going to tell me on top of all these things I found yeah. out the day before this was a bad Friday, March yep. night. Also the day Biggie died. So I don't know. I'm um, oh, bad times? day. <laughs> yes. I know. No. Um, so I like spent months, my girl, uh, pretty like I want to do anything but I remember being like I've devoted so much of my life to this like I never leave LA I haven't really lived frankly because I was like you can't be out of town you might miss an audition I I was never man and in retrospect I was like that's just not a way to live um so at the time when I was like it's not living like that didn't even pay off I um I remember going to Hawaii two months later May I remember someone in my improv team sent a like gosh what was the website called it was this like discount flight site it was like there's like Scott something I don't yeah, know but it, was, it
0: is Scott yeah. I, I'm on that too yes
1: so <laughs> it was like somebody was like
0: look tickets to Hawaii are wired, crazy cheap and so
1: they were like who wants to go and I was like this feels like not a bit it would be it's a bit where like if people jumped on board I'm sure they would go but I was like I'm not waiting for anyone so I went online I was like oh my god it's a hundred And $67 round trip to Hawaii. And I was like, I'm going to go. And I went to book by myself. And then I was like, you should ask one person if they want to come. You don't have to go on this grand, like who wants to come with me? Maybe no one will want to go. I asked one friend and he was like, I'm down. And then he was like, should we invite someone else? And they were like, he was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. And then we figured out that person. We invited that other person. I booked everyone's flights, I mean, instantly. That other person was at the gym and was like, yeah, book my flight, 167 or 97. My brain's mixing it up. Like book my flight and that's something, this is relevant because I, again, never left LA yeah. during, during the work week in case I miss an audition. Yeah, And it was like, I'm going away for a week to Hawaii. Fuck this whole thing. I can thankfully afford this. Um, I had commercial money then I booked a commercial earlier in the year for the first time ever. Um, and so I, that whole few months I was like down. And then the crazy thing is in April, I booked Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it was like, great, the fitting and the shoot is the week of your Hawaii trip. And I was like, I don't care about this industry. And I remember telling my, my manager, I was like, I think for my mental health, I have to go to Hawaii, like curb's so cool, but I don't know, or Curb so cool. I, I don't know if I can, I don't, I'm not well. Yeah. And um, he was like, but this is amazing. And I was like, I don't think you understand because you came into my life a year ago, but I've just like almost been the pick and been told no a million times and i genuinely have taken it on the chin like truly like a champ and now i'm i i'm spent but so much of that lowness i'm going on and on is this okay yeah Um, this this is exactly
0: what this podcast is okay
1: okay so much of that low was i guess i'll get into that in a second but i i said i was like i don't know if i should do this and i was like i'm gonna do this job fucking fine this is a little win i know people love curb i love curb but I was like, can they just like do the fitting another time? And I was like, I'm going to rebook my flight to Hawaii and go for two days then instead of the week I was intended. And it was like so expensive. It was like $700 to do that. So like significantly more than um, my original price that I was okay with and not something some, that's an amount of money I would not casually spend at that time. But I was like, I need to go away. I don't know what happened. And so my friends were like planning without me. I was like, hey, weird that I got you guys together, but I think you guys have to go to Hawaii alone <laughs> without me. They were planning and they got like an Airbnb. And then weeks before, two weeks before, they were like, hey, shooting is postponed. And I didn't know why. They were just like shooting's postponed and they're gonna reschedule that shoot. And I was like, praise the Lord. So I got to go to Hawaii and I was so happy about it. So it was also like, I didn't have to say no to that job. I was like, yeah. great. And when I got to Hawaii, I just remember being in the ocean and being like, I'm so small, but in a good way. Mm. Like, I felt like all my troubles wash away, which I'm a Pisces. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm like only half into astrology, but I'm like, I felt so tiny in that ocean. And I was just like, I know that sounds bad, but I've heard it said other places recently. I feel like even like in a movie or on a podcast or something, but I was like, none of this matters. Like nothing, the things that feel so like huge to me and gigantic and like consuming to me they don't fucking matter nothing yeah. mattered when I was in that water like I was just like you're okay you're okay and I came back from Hawaii I had two auditions my reps sent me which was also like eh, in poor taste so uh one was 12 pages and one was 10 pages they sent it to me like two days out of me returning home and I memorized or like the day before and I was like great and they're going to be for the day you land and I go to those auditions I totally black I was off book at the airport my friends were running it with me and they're like this is crazy how'd you do this time difference I get off the plane there's I'm jet lagged I take a shower and I go to these auditions completely blank in one like five pages in I was like I was off book but now and I'm dizzy driving to them and I called my agent and I was like I realized you guys so like I drove there dizzy got there black like blacked out halfway through and that's just one audition of the day and I called my agent while I was parked at a meter in Beverly Hills and I go I just realized you guys don't give a flying fuck about me that if I die you are gonna send my mom flowers maybe and then back to submitting actors for auditions yeah I was like I just got off a plane you guys have known I'm I'm depressed and I'm like not a human to you I'm a literal human I should not even be driving right now actually like with how the jet lag has hit and let alone have two double digit page auditions and that year I just got to a place where I was like none of that that ocean thing I was like this is all silly none of it matters and I should have been living my life it's not too late. I just turned 30. Thank God I'm learning this now and maybe not later, but I was like, I need to live my life. That was the most restorative trip. But I came back from that trip and I wasn't like out of my funk. It was just like a healing balm, but it didn't take me out of my funk. Um, but then some things worked out months later, but I just got this perspective uh, from that experience that was like, this just cannot be everything and you have to live. You have to live. You like you poured everything into it and it still didn't work out. And that moment didn't work out and I also this other takeaway because I was like surely I must have been meant to learn something through this I had gone to church and there was this sermon that I was like just felt like it was written for me where the pastor was like God is not concerned with getting you there wherever you're there is the fastest but is concerned with getting you there good and good Mm -hmm. meaning like soul intact spirit intact Mm -hmm. and I do feel like if I had booked that job I there was a significant part of it was wrapped up with, like, I'm trying to prove something to somebody. Like, mm. you should have been, you should have treated me better. Not because I need, I didn't even want to be with that person. This is the craziest thing from, like, jump that whole, I'm not doing that story justice, but it's not, like, I never was, like, I want to be your girlfriend, but you won't make me your girlfriend. It was just, like, why are you, like, so mean to me? Yeah. And um, and the, like, intellectual part of me, I was, like, oh, I think you're intimidated by me, and you're, like, befuddled by a woman just not like um dumb enough to be so taken by you I think yeah. that's throwing you for a loop so your reaction is to like be mean to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and and you're intimidated but there was this part of me that's like okay like that will make complete sense to me once I book a job and I can confirm and show him like mm, your loss or not even your loss I don't want to be with him but just like I'm worth I'm worthy of you being kind to me Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad like I heard that sermon and it, it was like about everyone's race uh and not to envy someone who hit who reaches their dead end after you do like be grateful for hitting a roadblock frankly and I was like I don't know who told him to say all this god but I was like I need to get there good this would this is if I had gotten this job under those previous circumstances I would have I don't think it would have been the equivalent of me getting there good. I don't Mm -hmm. think I would have been good. It was was about something else and it became a like, that job and selling those shows would have been a means of like validation in a way that like, I don't want any of my work to feel like I need it to be validated as a human and my Mm -hmm. worth and the fact that I should be treated well and be treated with respect. And it's so easy in this industry and with like fame to like conflate your worth with like what people are saying about you and how much your work is resonating with them or if they think you're significant or worth paying attention to um and so I do feel like things happen slower for me Rebecca to be honest with you and like someone else listening might not believe that but um took me nine and a half years to book a job I look at people we did improv with where I'm like oh you booked like that cool fucking job three and a half years in but I didn't discover improv till like late and a little later in my yeah, same. Like, pursuit of acting. And um, I'm like, I do think things take me a little longer. And it's so fucking frustrating. And the second example I was going to give you is basically some version of that now that I'm on SNL. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I do have to go back to God wants to get me there good. But it doesn't always feel good. That truth and that thing I believe doesn't always feel good as like, it feels like I'm being overlooked at times, mm. or not getting the job. It's not as comforting as you would hope it to be that but I do have to go back to that place of like this is teaching me not to put my worth in work in a job in a booking in a deadline article like in attention and followers fucking I I I wish I could learn this lesson a different way yeah (laughs) and get all the stuff but yeah that's that's the part that was when I was low and I came back and I learned that lesson and I'm carrying it with me
0: I relate to that so much. I literally had therapy right before this. And that was what you just said was what I was talking about in mm-hmm. therapy. I was just like, I don't know if I should do this anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe I just, am not cut out for this because it feels like the industry doesn't like me. And then in mm-hmm. return, I'm like becoming jaded and being like, well, I don't like you back kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like, well, how do you know, like, how do you know whether you're supposed Mm -hmm. to just like do something else or not?
1: Mm -hmm, Um, and it's
0: really hard, like in those low moments to like, see anything other than, well, this is no longer an option. I have to go, you know, do something else instead.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. I mean, I I had never dealt with like, oh, I'm going to do something else. So that moment in 2018. And then like, honestly, I'm on SNL and I think like, I keep saying that just for people who don't know, but I I, I just, I hear that and people assume it means something. And I mean, like, I, I think this summer I had another low last year, like this past summer and maybe lower than my great depression. I'm doing air quotes y'all of 2018. (laughs) Like, um, but I, um, I, uh, I, I just, I I was like, oh, maybe I just like want to go create a nonprofit for kids. And not that I can't do both of those things, but it was like, maybe I should just pour my heart into that and say like, cool, I, I was on SNL. Yeah. That's part of my story. I got to be on SNL at some point and I need to go do something else. But I feel like that draw in your heart and your spirit toward like part of it being so frustrating and like painful and just like anger inducing and anxiety inducing is the desire for that work. I, I right. think- I met someone uh, like I like dated my neighbor once which is whatever <laughs> I dated my neighbor once and I re- he went he went back to college he had a, a bachelor's and he was moving home to one of the Carolinas to go back to college because he had majored in like business and was like working in the mailroom at WME mm-hmm. and was so unhappy and like he was in the music industry in the mailroom yeah. there but it was really unhappy and he was like and I was this like frustrated actor who was like, I'm not booking a job, but I'm, I don't, I don't know, I'm going to casting director workshops. But I remember him being like, I envy people who know what they want to do because I don't know what I'm going to go back to college right now and get a second bachelor's and try engineering because I think I like putting stuff together, but I actually don't know. And I hope it's right what I'm about to go do. And I'll never forget that because I used to feel like wanting to be an actor was like, this is going to sound hyperbolic, but I'm a, an actor, like a, a curse a little bit because i was yeah. like why is it it's like a linear path why did i why did i not want to <laughs> do something that was linear like you go to cl- school you do yep. this class and then you get this certification and then afford you this job and okay. so like what you're saying about like how do i know if i need to go do something else i'm like i think that tugging you is telling you you shouldn't because i've watched people in our industry and i and admire yeah. them too by the way big time admire them. that from my acting classes who are like i discovered i value stability way more than all the shit i value knowing how much money i'm gonna make every week working a nine to five ultimately and i want to go have a family and that's what more than whatever the fuck is going on here as appealing as it may be and as much as i like thought maybe i want to be i want stability and i admire i fucking admire those people for that kind of self-awareness oh yeah to be like i don't want this um Mm -hmm. i think that's so fucking cool i am but I it's, I think that tug inside of you, that's like, I, this is, this is what I want to do. So even when I was having those thoughts this past summer of like, should I just go like open the nonprofit for kids or like go do something else? And it will be just like a cool part of my life story that I was on SNL. I was like, I love it. That's why it hurts me sometimes yeah. <laughs> when it doesn't go the way I want to. And so I know I'm, I know I'm, doing the thing I want to do and then meeting that neighbor that I dated who honestly for me made me shut up about the fact that I knew I wanted to be an actor I go oh it's so I guess it's great that I know mm. what I want to do and this is a person who's fully like I don't know I do not know I'm what is it, at the at the time was like 26 and it's like I don't know I don't know I have no idea and I'm gonna see if it's this so our town is like so devastating and heartbreaking but i do see these stories that it's like it does sort of belong to the people who like keep honing their craft yeah. and like don't give up like i think about john ham booking his yeah. mad men so late in life um pedro pascal uh right before he was like even hosting snl um my current manager was like oh he was at the agency you were at up until whatever age and not too many years ago and he's like And now look at him and some people will say, it's not going to happen for you once you're 39, but that's just not true. And so I do think it belongs to people who stick it out, honestly, but it's so hard.
0: It's so hard. And I think for me, I mean, you touched on comparison a little bit, but for me, it's not just comparison. It's seeing these people who I know i don't want to say they're not good people but they are oh my career God, people i just got a chill because that's part of what was upsetting to me in 2018 that's be, that's, that's the sermon yeah <laughs> yeah that's what's upsetting. it's like it's not that like i'm comparing it's that i know this person is only friends with certain people for the connection or you know, oh honey people. and and they're succeeding and it works for them like they are willing to like step on other people to, to boost their career, or they're willing to neglect their relationships to boost their career Ugh. and it's working and it will work. Like it does work for those people, you know? And yeah. when I see that, I'm like, I can't do that because of authenticity, because like, even if I tried, you know, like the person yeah. that I am is so openly vulnerable and mm-hmm. and authentic with that, whether people like it or not, that like, I yeah. can't do that. So if mm-hmm. if that's what it takes to succeed, I guess I can't succeed because I can't yeah. do that. Do you relate to that I, at
1: all? I relate to that so big. I just got to chill because part of the other story from 2018 is once I was get it going low, was I was just like, "Why are these horrible people being rewarded, which is not a thought i would ever like dabbled with, but like getting that low, I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I try to be a good person. I'm rooting for everybody. Yeah, when I see too. friends book, I'm not like, why fucking you? And so finally I was just like, I'm seeing like, True dickheads get rewarded. I'm seeing people who like play a game. And now that I'm where I am in my career now, I see it even more. And that was part of my frustration this summer and being like, I don't play that dirty. I don't cling to people because of how well you're doing or Mm -hmm. not doing. I connect with the people I genuinely connect with, and our connection is authentic. And I'm not a big time networker or like, same you don't need to follow me on instagram and i don't have to follow you because then i don't need to now comment as though we're friends right. like all that i don't know you that well um and i and i have thought like oh i'm not developing or moving along in my career as fast as i'd like to or as peers are because i'm not doing that and i'm not even trying to pat right. myself on the back it's actually just like frustrating to witness being like this is getting rewarded and i but back to that sermon that sermon truly that in 2018 I was like I don't know who told like honestly yeah and that's when I go that's when I really do believe in God I'm just like this feels tailored to me and it was like the one thing that helped me like crawl I call it going in the well and I get to the bottom of yep. the well because I'm depressed and I'm like this helped me crawl I don't know how many feet out of the well I wasn't out of it but it helped me be like okay this feels like something I needed to hear but it is like it was this like, yeah, don't envy those people who are getting there faster, but they're not getting there better. Again, heart, spirit, soul intact as good people. And that was something I felt really angered by, frankly, because I was like, why is that getting Mm -hmm. rewarded? What the fuck is going on? It's not supposed to go that way. And again, I'm probably not paying you any mind until it's like, well, why isn't it working? for me to be good and kind and mm-hmm. and authentic with people but again gosh i i have to go to sleep with myself at night right so i i guess i could play the the game i have to sleep with myself at night i have to look myself in the mirror i've been listening to a lot of mel robbins lately as of like a month ago and she talks about how some people, she has this thing where you should high five yourself in the mirror every morning. And I'm um, like the oh. high five habit. And she's like, you'll find that she's like, look yourself in the mirror and high five yourself. And she's like, you, a lot of people, she's like that first time you do it, you might get emotional because some people like, don't look at themselves in the mirror. And I had, It's so funny because I was like, is that going to happen to me? And I was like, no, I do. I think I do make eye contact with myself. And it made me feel a little better to be like, okay, as far as self-love goes, you're on to something. You're not as, but it was, I, I think about that and I go, how are some of these people? When she said that, I was like, oh, who are these people who can't look at themselves in the mirror? And I'm sure it's a myriad of people. And I have a lot of compassion for people who can't. And I then think like, oh, some of those people who I feel like being weasels in our industry, I'm like, can they look themselves in the mirror? Are they able to sleep at night? Um, I have It's made me really angry in, like over the summer, but then I like kind of pivoted to a place of like truly trying to have compassion mm. for those people mm. because it's given me pe- like, because I think that's the way I'm supposed to be, but also like, it's the way to peace for me <laughs> mm. to like because that path of like anger and frustration just wasn't serving me it just wasn't I was like everything you're saying sure ego valid totally totally girl but all it is is making you so depressed and so sad and so angry and so if you can try to like reframe and have compassion and not in a like condescending I feel bad for you but just like man there must be a lot of hurt there there must be a lot of like lack of self-love or lack of self-worth there um and that's got to be tough to grapple with frankly um but it does you know I'm also going to say it does suck to see structures in place that like sort of reward people not going deeper and looking at themselves and being honest with themselves in the world it kind of just sucks that shit's set up that it does it just it does suck (laughs) yeah Yeah, just like for
0: it's like set up for narcissists to to succeed right because like they don't have other people in, in mind. And I'm sure it's like that in other industries too. It's just like, I'm not Mm -hmm. privy to it because I am not in those industries. Um, I love that high five in the mirror thing. I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah. Apparently like it is a great way to start your day and like, we'll start to like reframe. There's something validating about it too. Cause like your body registers as a a positive thing. Cause she's like, you'll scientifically backed or whatever. She's like, you'll never you've never given someone a high five when you're upset with them. That's so your body doesn't even know that it's like you high-fiving yourself in the mirror. It just registers a positive thing has happened. I'm high-fiving. It's also a moment to be with yourself and also like validate yourself, frankly. Um, And so I, she says to do it like every morning, but it starts like the challenge is like five days and I did it. And it's kind of cool to like, look at yourself and smile and give yourself a high five, um, in well, the mirror.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we, I mean, I look at myself in the mirror, like, Oh, oh <laughs> <time."> um, <laughs> um uh, but I don't like look at myself and like give myself a high five. I'm just like, okay, let's get this makeup on. Let's get out the door type of thing. So yeah, like to yeah, take yeah. the time to like connect with yourself in a mirror. I don't do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, dude, honestly, that my friend in 2017, um, was it 2017? Yeah, it was before I left LA. She was, like, going through this, like, she, she was, like post-breakup. She had been with someone for five years, and she was getting, she, like, got all these self-help books, and um, one of them, it was about self-love, and it was, like, a lot of people don't love themselves, and have you ever, like, seriously looked yourself in the mirror and been, like, I love you, and I was, like, I think I love myself. I remember being, like, or maybe it was 2019, actually, it was 2019. I remember being, like, I feel like I love myself. That's not something I've ever considered myself one to struggle with. But that notion, I remember hearing her say that and I was like, that's sounds insane. And not because I'm like, I'm miss woo-woo hokey to whatever the wheels fall. Off. But I was just like, I've never thought to do that. And that sounds awkward. And what would yeah. that be like? So like, by the time I learned about the high five habit, which was months ago, um, I had already from 2019, this whole look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. And I remember being like, this is going to be weird. And the fact that I'm reacting this way to this notion is letting me know that there's something there. And I've now been through like a bunch of therapy, but yeah, it's not something I'd ever thought like to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I love you. And I'm like, what? I I was like, that feels next level.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've never, I've never done that. And it makes me feel weird. Just hearing just thinking of me doing it. So like you said, like, well, now I must do it. Um, Yes. You
1: have to try. And like, now I, I do do it sometimes. Um, and it sounds narcissistic, I guess, or it might sound that way to some, that's not how I register it. When I first heard it, it's not how I register it when I talk about it, but I can imagine if someone's listening and be like, oh, it's a little narcissistic, but I'm like, you'd truly be surprised. I was a confident, I'm a confident person. Um, you'd be surprised to be like yeah as a confident gal that's just not something I thought to do and the notion sounds whoa what's gonna happen (laughs) Mm -hmm. what's gonna happen when I do that but also like I feel like the world is really a better place in general I'm postulating here when we love ourselves a lot of people don't love themselves and understandably we've like most many of us have endured some form of trauma and varying degrees even like what constitutes trauma I thought it had to be like you were you endured some kind of like physical abuse uh, as a child or like you were sexually abused and it's not that's yes though that's trauma but there are other traumas too that a lot of us have endured and sort of like trivialized yeah um and that has been yeah just recognizing that about like all basically all of humanity and being like yeah if you don't like come to terms with that and like heal that um, yeah, leaves little gaps in your self-love. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's yeah. like, it's such a fine line in this industry between like being vulnerable and open and also like, but you also don't want to get like pushed around.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if
0: you've ever experienced that where it's like, well, am I being too nice or am I not being nice enough? Or like, Oh, do I need to protect myself more from this person or this group or this whatever, or do mm-hmm. I need to be more open with this group or this person or whatever? I spent the last
1: year because my boyfriend is such a like open person and is like everyone's all good and I'll like mm. you know I get very I've gotten like you lack discernment and I yeah. don't say that to him but that's like internally like internally when I'm like oh you just lack discernment that's your thing you think everybody's all like it's all hunky-dory with everybody and and that's but not totally fair and I'm like there's probably some truth and right with each of us each right. of his perspective in mine because I'm a little more like Hold on, wary of people. Yeah, <laughs> um, me too. And I, yeah, I, being with him this last year and a half, I have been like, just a partner. I feel like is a mirror to some extent. Yep. Um, totally. and you know, I have been like, oh, should I be more open than I am? Am I just like not really an open person, though? I feel like people who know me wouldn't say that about me, but I'm like, I know that I'm sort of like pause with people a little step back Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm like it's reading that way with everybody but yeah I deal with that all the time where I'm like am I being nice enough am I being not nice should I be defending myself I think I've always walked through the world of like I am sure I'm so sure of myself I'm so sure of my discernment and then having this partner in my space has made me be like, well, I don't know. And also, why do you do things this way? Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's in the industry too. And so I watch how he conducts himself and I'm like, see, we're so different. Um, yeah, I, I also just, by the way, in terms of like nice versus kind, which like some people laugh at the like differentiation of those two, but here's the thing. I, the etymology of the word nice, like is that that word used to, I, I, pride myself on being kind I Mm. want to be kind to people I aspire to be kind um I try to be kind I don't always succeed at it but I am trying and um but nice I'm like I don't care about being nice I remember Mm. I've always said that I don't care about being nice um because the etymology and I didn't know why but then one day again in church I heard a sermon about the etymology of the word nice and it was used to describe stupid people that was originally what it was it was like it would it was like you're stupid um Foolish Damn. even. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I go, see, I always knew something about nice right. resonate with me. I was like, I don't know what it is, but that's, yep. there's my answer. So I, I try to be kind, but it is just this like constant balancing act with like kindness, but asserting boundaries yep. and it's not something i ever really paid attention to because i thought i i don't know maybe it was my youth whatever i thought i had perfected it maybe it was being perpetually single where i didn't have this mirror in my space mm-hmm. but i was like yeah i have that figured out i think i'm an incredibly loving person i think i'm an incredibly caring friend um and i also think that i know how to uphold boundaries but then i get this like person in my space who's so different from me and we are alike in a lot of ways but um again he just carries himself differently like in a in a public space or like mm-hmm. in an industry party yeah. um and I yeah I did spend the last year being like oh should I be more like this like last year was a low for me 2022 can go to hell <laughs> I'm uh, just like, get it, yes. get it the fuck out of here oh my god <laughs> like, yes oh yep. my gosh probably worst so, year of my
0: life
1: truly like I'm not gonna lie I can't decide between 2018 and 2022 but I think 22 I think 22, we were, we were, we were deep in the well and I could feel myself falling in and being like, Oh no, I know it's so hard to get out of this, but like, I, um, I, I feel like I spent so much being like, there was a lot of second guessing of like, well, how uh, I conduct yeah. myself. And that was so fucking foreign to me, Rebecca. I was like, who is this second guessing ass bitch, but like, maybe I'm supposed to be right. maybe again, there is, I am not being kind or nice enough. And I have. Found now that i'm like i am good there has to we have to get back to the place of self-trust because like trust is a sign of love and i am like i'm back to a place of self-trust where i can trust my instincts i can trust my discernment i love that my guy is how he is and who he is and i'm so glad that works for you i have learned things from you but i i like me i like how i am i know what my heart is i know my intentions are pure I I know how to be accountable if if someone tells me I've upset them I know how to apologize yep. and that's that for me is like but but yeah navigating this in this space where I'm like I like how I am I have Heidi Gardner is one of my best friends and she and I are so different she's yeah. like midwestern angel on earth I mean truly just angel on earth but I'm like, yes, that works for, that's Heidi, that's Heidi being Heidi, and I don't need to be Heidi, Mm -hmm. and my boyfriend is being my boyfriend, and I don't need to be him, and he doesn't need to be me, and Heidi doesn't need to be me, like, um, it's just a matter of, like, self-awareness, too, so, like, that's not to say I don't, I get the kindness thing right every time, and it's not to say I get boundaries right and how to assert them every time, but I have the awareness that I'm trying, and I have the awareness to be accountable, especially if, you know, someone addresses it and calls it out but I also am like there's times I have to just be like yeah no
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I'm just like and sometimes that's the answer is yeah no have you always been um good at like trusting yourself and your judgments and your actions because I ask because I have not been um yeah like I was raised in a household where uh I was raised with like with a person with narcissistic personality disorder where it's like Mm -hmm. you do the thing this person's way or you get love withheld. So it's like, you mm. you don't have to trust yourself because you have someone telling you what to do. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, it's been really hard for me to develop self-trust. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you've always had it or if that's something you've worked on.
1: I have worked, well, I had it probably to a fault at one point. <laughs> and like, I i think there was like a bit of self-righteousness I had in, but like mm-hmm. been living with. And then I- course corrected to being like oh there are other perspectives and ways and things the ways people can can do things and there ever everything you do is not right or the way you see x situation is not fully right and truth can be gray gray sometimes um and that's like through therapy but then I think I course corrected so far in the other direction where I mean I had a therapist once asked me this was 2017 where she's like we got to get into this like what's with this second guessing yourself So I didn't stay with that therapist, but she gave gave me a few gems. I I think I did like four sessions with that particular therapist, but like, I stopped seeing her because she like reminded me of my sister. And and I just was like, and I love my sister, but I was just like, I don't want to sit in therapy with you. Like just personality just felt like the exact same. And so, but I remember her saying that and being like, oh, I've course corrected a little too much on the other side where it's like, now I don't trust myself. I don't trust my judgments. I'm constantly constantly considering other people's perspective and Mm -hmm. i just saw somewhere insta therapy so we don't know how legit this is but like that might be a trauma response to like second guess you know to constantly be considering other people's perspectives so i have i have spent like i'm so glad we're doing this podcast when we are because like i have spent the last several months especially as we're going into 2023 i was like it's got this year it's got to feel different i've got to feel more like myself again i got to get back to at core who I am, take the lessons I've learned and enrich that. But like, yeah, I've gotten back to like, let's come back a little closer to center and self-trusting. Like, yes, you can hear perspective, but it doesn't have to upend your psyche and be like, well, now I'm horrible. And I can't believe I didn't see it that way Mm -hmm. or do it that way. You know?
0: Yeah, totally. I, I I completely relate. And I'm so glad we're doing this podcast now too, because Right before this, like I said, I had therapy and I was talking about it and it's really good to hear somebody else who has experienced that. Um, To know like you're not alone in feeling that is very helpful because it can feel like that sometimes. Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: It truly, when you, it's so funny. I mean, I used to have, when I was younger, this wild desire to change. Basically, I wanted to eliminate loneliness, human loneliness, because I could not conceptualize the fact that that's a thing every human feels to some extent for various periods of time or for enduring periods of time. But like, there's so many of us on this planet and it's like, in my mind, logically, I'm like, so why should we feel like this? If we're all feeling like this, why can't mm-hmm. I? We should connect with one another. And like, we should be able to eradicate loneliness. And now I've come to terms with like, it's part of the human experience. Um, and I can't eradicate it but it was to be like that's my mission that's yeah. my mission but yeah. now I'm like but there is something about like a conversation like this where you go you're not alone Cause I know this summer I felt so alone there were people like my boyfriend was as lovely as he could be through it and I felt like I had friends who were as lovely as they could be through it, but everyone also is enduring their own shit
0: right and so that
1: I don't want to be a burden yeah but just knowing that there's somebody else on the planet who feels how you're feeling and is going to be able to relate like moments like that like when you said that gave me chills because I'm like we are all connected Mm -hmm. and if we can remember we're not alone in our experience we're really not alone and it feel it does not feel like that when you're in it when you're deep in it when you're like in the well yeah um it's all dark and you know but it's uh it's and also, Rebecca, I have to say, like, knowing that you're gonna, these things we're feeling, like, even when you do book that job of your dreams, or like, mm-hmm. you do things look how you want them to look, like, it's an enduring thing to make peace with, like, to try to make peace with some of these things you're grappling with. And it's something I'm telling myself, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I was like, she said something like, oh, well, I guess it never ends, it never ends. And I'm like, yeah, and I have to find a way to have peace despite circumstances. Like I just that's I, I realized like going into this part of my season at work in January, I was I was just like my job, my joy is my job. My joy, my joy and happiness is my responsibility. Mm. And so that doesn't mean like get the hell out of any situation that feels less than that because I'm like I also believe no matter where you go, there you are. Like you're going to Find a way to be you, yep. um, and so you could make if you're like predisposed to being like cynical, you'll find a way to make the sunniest, most perfect day yeah. like a downer. And so I'm like, I have to find a way, despite circumstances, to have peace and to have joy. And like that's, I went on a tangent here, but like that's oh, no, that's something, something that totally I right. yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, that's my job, that's my responsibility, because I'm like cool I booked the job and you get that rush of like success and what that feels like or what you thought I would feel like and blah 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 mm-hmm. but then it all starts to feel normal again right and then, again and you- a new thing. <laughs> yes it's, it's just gonna I'm like so I have to find a way to like make peace so that I can have enduring peace despite yeah. the circumstances I could have the best job in the world I mean you'll talk to people who are like oh I won my boyfriend tells a story about someone winning an Oscar and he represented them when he was an agent and he goes, yeah. And I didn't feel anything. And I knew I needed to like maybe change paths for myself. And it's like just being in tune with yourself that way. Cause like, to your point, I'm, I'm, um, to your point about like all the frustrations in the industry and like the things you're observing and maybe it's not for you and why does this get rewarded and these people who are slimy in this way, here's my thing that I just like January was like journaling about thinking about, I was like, all right, I go. Yeah, you're right. You're clocking all that. It's not in your head. That's real. What are you going to do? about
0: it?"
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, great. What are you going to do? Is you going to be miserable because you're clocking all this stuff? Like I have this like ignorance is bliss thing, but I'm like, okay, well, it's, you've been saying that since you were 16, you wish you were just a little more ignorant. You're not. So what are you going to do about it? And oh. I'm like, yeah. literally really I literally yeah. that is me yeah and it's like great so you're gonna be miserable because guess what they're not thinking about you they're mm-hmm. not thinking about you they're not like oh no I was horrible to Rebecca what am I gonna do or mm-hmm. I was like shady to Rebecca or I didn't treat Rebecca the way she deserved to be treated and like you are in charge of your joy yep. and I have that's the thing I've been told that's like the thing in my head lately. Like, that's my job. Yes, Ego, you are clocking all that. It's not in your head. It's real and it's annoying. It's disgusting. It's frustrating. It's gross. But what are you going to do for, for yeah. your joy? That's your job. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, okay. My last question for you this is okay. been. this has been so helpful (laughs) truly like this happened at the right fucking time for me and I'm sure for other people who are going to listen um yeah but if you could give a it's kind of a basic question but I like asking it because the answers (laughs) are always so interesting uh if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self oh man what would what would that be
1: um I'm closing my eyes because I also did a meditation with my younger self earlier today and I'm like uh, hold on. I really want to give a good piece of advice. Um Take your time. I would say enjoy enjoy where you are. Mm. Enjoy where you are. Enjoy enjoy where you are. Find a way again to enjoy where you are. Yeah. Um and to add to that like trust You're gonna get to where you want to go, so enjoy, live, live, live. (laughs) I'm just like, I love that. Yeah, enjoy where you are, live. You're gonna get where where you want to go. You are, and um, and there's no substitute for enjoying and living. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. In short,
0: (laughs) yeah. Um, (laughs) Thank you for being your authentic self and open and honest and vulnerable. Um, I really appreciate it. I relate to everything you're saying. And I know that people who are listening are going to relate to, so I'm excited to get it out into, into the universe. <laughs> so thank you for giving me an hour of your time.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for such a good interview. These were, this was such a great conversation where I just like vomited word vomited, but like, I really love the podcast and I love, Thanks. I love to hear conversations with people and this is like totally my jam. So thank you for of having course. me on.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back with guest actor Ego Wodum. You can catch her on a little show called uh, Saturday Night Live. You can also follow her on Instagram. Her handle is eggyboom. I will link it, of course, below. Thanks again for listening. New episodes every Thursday.